Sorry this episode's coming in a bit late. I had a busy weekend, but I'm thankful to be back here. About a year ago, my wife and I were watching Discovery's Manhunt Unabomber show. Despite from what I understand, the historical facts in the show are pretty close to non-existent, but I really liked it. I enjoyed watching. It is very hard to go wrong with Sam Worthington and Paul Bettany. But there was one scene that kind of stuck with me in the show for a while, and I think it's one that stuck with a lot of people who watched. Worthington as James Fitzgerald and Paul Bettany as Ted Kaczynski sit across from each other, and they're having this conversation. It's actually Fitzgerald who says, in reference to Ted's manifesto, For me, it was the part about driving. Every time I got in the car, I thought about it. The more I drove, the more it made sense. Like there was this one night I was driving home from work, and there was nobody on the street. I mean nobody. And I'm sitting there at a red light, just waiting, waiting. And there's no cars anywhere. But still... I sat there. I obeyed. That's when I realized it's not about technology. It's not about machines. It's about what they're doing to us. And what they're doing to our hearts. Because our hearts are no longer free. From there, they begin talking about freedom, the human condition, and so on. When the writers of the show were trying to relate the Unabomber's message to the world, they related it through the sign of a red traffic signal. A signal that normally you'd probably not really think about unless you were late to something. In my head, the traffic light was about order and chaos. If you just allow everyone to drive however and wherever they want, that ends up endangering the lives of anyone. Taking the rules into our own hands can be very dangerous. But for one second as I was watching this show, I thought this was deep. Like, whoa, the government, the man, is holding me down because I listen to traffic laws. I try to stay inside the speed limit even when others aren't around. The same with red lights. Maybe there's a point you made here. But then I realized I was thinking too much like a person and not like a Christian. Now, does the government always have our best interests at heart or other people's best interests at heart? I won't act like that's true. However, we do have to consider why you should stop at a red light, even when no one is around. Something like character and building discipline. It reminds you that you aren't the only one on the planet. You aren't the only one in the world. And if you think that you can just start running through red lights because of personal convenience without consideration of other things, it starts to reflect that reality. You have made everything about yourself. And you believe true freedom is found in getting and doing whatever you want. But this is not true freedom. In Mark 8, we have some interesting stories. We have firstly Peter's confession, which is great. Standing in contrast to the image that other people had about Jesus, Peter and the disciples confessed Jesus as Lord. Every Christian must make this same confession, hence the name that we put on. But right after this confession, we read this interaction. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. 
I can't imagine the high of being one of the first people to ever acknowledge the Messiah as Lord. And he looks at me in the eyes and he tells me that's true. The promised one is here, the Lord and the King. It would be the most joyful moment of our lives. But then he starts talking about what's going to happen to the Messiah, the Son of Man. He would be rejected by the religious people and he would suffer and he would die. And sure, the raising up thing at the end is pretty good, but the one who's supposed to save us, and probably in their minds from Rome, it makes no sense for him to die. So, Peter, in the heat of the moment, pulls Jesus aside and rebukes him. Rebuking Jesus, that is a bold strategy. And Jesus rebukes him back, because clearly Peter's focus was all wrong. He calls him Satan, enemy, or adversary. To go from the high of calling Jesus the Messiah to the point of being called the enemy of that same man, I mean, that's spiritual whiplash. But Jesus' words ring true to this day. You are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Peter's mind was trapped. He was focused on the physical state of Israel and what he viewed the Messiah as what he should be, and no doubt the oppression that they were going through was bad. But even all this physical oppression compared nothing to the state of their souls oppressed by the devil and oppressed by sin. Peter was focused on the wrong thing. The Unabomber isn't the only one focused on freedom in the wrong way. The world is filled with people who believe that they should be able to do what they want, and when they do that, they will be free. Whether that be the abuse of drugs that harm their minds or other people, treating either themselves or others as sex objects instead of as dignified human beings, or even picking the people that they're willing to hate or lie to. Our world reminds me a lot of Jesus' rebuke to Peter. But we also see the Jews in John 8 with a similar attitude. The text reads, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham. Yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen in my, with my father. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. That is John 8, verses 31 through 38. This is one of my favorite sections of Jesus' teaching. He tells us that true disciples abide in him. That means to comply, follow, Listen to his words, and when you do this, the truth will set you free. I live near a college campus, and I've seen some really sad scenes as young people become enslaved from everything to drugs to success. They see being a Christian as slavery while they destroy their kidneys and joy day in and day out. They would have the same reaction as the Jews in this passage. I live in America. I've never been a slave to anyone. All we know is liberty. But it fails to consider the enslavement to our desires that we're under. We have two choices in this life. We are slaves to Christ 
or we are slaves to our sins and passions. And when we serve the Son, He promises us liberty. He promises us freedom. And He showed us that we can trust Him. And He showed us that He Himself was free of sin, and as a result, He can make us whole and perfect. The barriers, the boundaries that He places around us are for our good, not just arbitrary traffic lights. On the other hand, sin is evil, a creature, insatiable. It wants you to leave the boundaries, not because it cares for you, but simply because it cares for disorder and chaos. Sin can feel good and give pleasure, but in the end it leaves you empty and needing another hit for you to keep on being high. And ultimately, it will lead to the condemnation of your soul. I've seen a lot of people who act like the Unabomber was just some enlightened, wise character. He's not. He was fighting against who he considered his enemy, but he did not consider his soul. And the amount of hate that you'd have to have to harm people, or even harm the wrong person. He has no wisdom because he was enslaved to a freedom that would only demand more from him. The same goes for any sin. It will demand more from you while promising that freedom is just around the corner. The same goes for any sin. It will demand more from you while promising that freedom is just around the corner. My friends, I'm here to say quite simply, if true freedom is what you're looking for, you won't find it by running traffic lights or engaging in whatever thing you'd like. It's found by losing yourself in Christ, the one who cared so much for your soul that he died for it. To whom the Son sets free is free indeed.